zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey, the OutbreakChallenge.com has become sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, OutbreakChallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is zompocalypse now I think I'm about I'm about to find out uh, just how much I didn't like this episode. On what, Tim? <laughs> the punishment we are legally required to uh, suffer at the hands of God and man um, is watching Fear of the Walking Dead, and this is the, this is the place we do that. This is the Zompocalypse Now podcast. I am Timothy Harvey, and I'm Dustin, and I'm Curtis. You know, Lenny James is a really fine actor. And some of the few saving graces of this episode is that Lenny James gives it all he's got. He emotes and he shows every inch of his character's pain in every motion he makes and every expression, small or big. And it just is really sad that he's doing that to a terrible script just a stupid <laughs> stupid script when we started watching this episode dustin had to take a quick break because he's got family and you know family sometimes requires your attention and i asked curtis if he knew where king county supposedly is because it's a fictional county in the walking dead universe and it is outside of atlanta close to alabama it is inland quite a bit it is above Florida. It is not, in fact, close to Louisiana or Texas or any of the places Padre is supposed to be. So once again, the world that The Walking Dead inhabits is about 20%, no, no, 200% smaller than the world we live in because you can walk everywhere, which means Alexandria is like five minutes to the north. Yeah, you can get there pretty quick. Um, which is important because at the very opening of this episode, everyone shows up to King County. Everyone. And none of this makes any sense whatsoever. This is, I mean, so we lead off this episode I, with significant stupidity 
and it just gets better from there. And by better, we mean just outlandish. Outlandish. I don't know if it was outlandish in a way that's like, I hate this episode, or in a way that I'm like, I just love it. I love this episode with everything about it. 110. It was really... There were some really dumb moments that don't make sense for human beings to do things the way (laughs) they do sometimes. But I guess we can cover those as we get to them. Dustin, where do we begin? Episode starts with Morgan teleporting to Georgia. Like, he is on foot, and he is, like, outside of his hometown. And no matter where... They are on the coast because I thought I had the same thought like, oh, they must be like closer to Alabama or in Alabama, which is not what I was expecting. I thought they were like farther down. I thought maybe, maybe inside the Gulf of Mexico was where I was kind of picturing this being, but it's might obviously is not. It's probably Alabama now. Uh, It's just sheer Florida right off. (laughs) (laughs) But so... So Morgan gets to town and he goes to a house and he and he like is super scared of the house uh, because we find out later that this is the house that uh, Dwayne, his son, Mm -hmm. was in when they were attacked by Jenny, who was Morgan's wife, who had turned into a walker way, way back in the first episode of the original Walking Dead show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was the last time we saw these characters. She broke in and ate their son, and he went running away. He he escaped off into and and he has. That's when he went crazy. That's when Morgan went crazy. So he's decided to go back to uh to that place, King County, to kill his son finally to put his son at rest so that he knows he can be a good father to Ren slash Mo. Um, but. He then proceeds to spend the entire rest of the episode hemming and hawing about whether or not he can do it and yeah. hallucinating zombie Jenny every time he looks through a scope. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's what happened. At, and in the basic premise here is incredibly flawed because with everything going on, with Padre and children and Madison and all the revelations of the previous episodes, Morgan picks now, now to cross at least a state (laughs) to address this issue, which means how long has he been gone? What is, what is time in the walking dead? (laughs) This is a filler McFillerson episode. And next week from the preview is going to also be one because they're going to go on a wild goose chase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, Okay, so the next thing that happens is Morgan sees a Padre truck. And it's Grace in the Padre truck. And she got his super secret code to told her to come to him. But it wasn't. It wasn't Morgan, you guys. It was Ren slash Moe who had somehow learned how to fake her father's voice that she's heard one whole time and knew what the coordinates of King County were 
and knew how that this special song was going to be a code between her parents. Utterly, utter nonsense. That she that she put all that shit together. That is to that fool is the Sherlock, whole world. That is Sherlock level shenanigans on the part of the writers. Yeah, yeah. That is like I saw the the hem of your dress was missing four stitches, and therefore I knew. Like it is bonkers that Red slash Mo decided this is how she needed to do things. Almost as bonkers as deciding that she is going to call Morgan and Grace mom and dad from now on. She's met them one whole time. Well, you want to form your attachments quickly because you never know how long they're going to last. Right. Or oh, is that foreshadowing? Um, so, <laughs> so Mo ends up spending the rest of the ex- episode as a fetch quest. <laughs> like keep keep Mo safe. Put Mo in room. Gather Mo from spot. Bring Mo to new spot. Mo represents my insecurities. Keep her safe. So yeah, we'll just put Mo to the side too. Like we've figured out more. Now we have to talk about my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Dwight and Sherry show up. Yeah, they do show up. And they are now working for Padre again after double-crossing Padre. Okay, wait. Okay, hang on. Hang on just a second. Dwight and Sherry uh, were loyal to Padre until they their son got sick, so they double-crossed Padre to get him help. But then they went back to Padre uh, when they realized that that help wasn't going to work out. But then they double-crossed him when June could do it. And then they went back to Padre after he got bit. And so now we're back to, to them being the bad guys. What you guys can't see is that Dustin has a chalkboard. Behind <laughs> him, and he has been diagramming this and it is starting to look like the conspiracy boards because yeah, this is just so um, yes, but they're doing this because Padre has promised them that if they do this, if they hunt down Morgan, he's that important. If they hunt him down, then they will let them have their son back and they can go wherever they want. And the reveal later when the, when the camera just pans over and he's just fucking sitting there. It's like, I, can, I laughed so hard. Uh, it's hell? like, of course, of course he's standing there watching Shrike be all crazy. Because you know she's not talking to him. You know she's just standing there, like staring at that micro that that uh thing, listening to what's going on. Oh, uh, anyway. So more Dwight and Sherry show up, and the first thing they do is when they see Morgan and Grace and and Mo slash Red, they're like, "Oh crap, we're gonna have to betray Padre again." <laughs> <laughs> but of course you know because they're that toxic couple that can never make decisions uh of course sherry is like are you sure are you sure we're this close to getting our son should we shouldn't we just shouldn't we just kill all these people and go get our son and, and dwight's like sherry i know that your first instinct is to betray and then to run away but uh, these are our friends. We've known them a super long time, and we're not gonna kill them. And Sherry's like, me. <laughs> they will. They will have a variation of this discussion two or three more times throughout the. Episode. <laughs> I couldn't figure out. Are they? What are they doing? 
every time, every time there is a stumbling block, Sherry's like, just kill him. <laughs> I mean, God, you know, on, on one level, you got to admire her dedication to, <laughs> you know, to just being the most toxic character. I just love her. I hate her so much, but I love her too because it is just like, what Sherry? What batshit insane thing are you gonna say or suggest next? Because by the end of the episode, she and Dwight have switched sides three more times. First, their plan is like, okay, what we're gonna do is I'm gonna go find a walker that kind of looks like you. Nobody knows Grayson Renner here. <laughs> the, the guards that are we are with, the two guards, uh, teleported with us and the horses. Because the only one who it makes rational sense that got here at any kind of speed is Grace, because she's the only one with a vehicle. She should have caught up all of us on the road. Or she'd mm -hmm. have been waiting for weeks at this place for us to get here. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, Gr Dwight and Sherry are like, we're going to find a walker that looks like Morgan, and we're going to mess up its face, and we're going to say it's him, and you and Grayson, Mo slash Red, you need to get the futz out of here, all three of you, and Gray, you know, and we won't even say we saw Grace. And Morgan futzes around and hems and haws about having to find Dwayne long enough to where the, the uh, guards show up, the two guards show up. And it's like, oh, shit, now we have to have a fire. Now we have to switch back to Padre's side. <laughs> and, you know, try and fight you off. And they end up going back to Morgan's old house, which is the house that he and Dwayne lived in after the, the end of the world. Because remember, they were not from this neighborhood. They had escaped the city. Searching for food. And uh, so... Everybody's like, is it okay that we're at your house, Morgan? And Morgan's like, it's totally fine, but that it's not fine because he cries about it for about 35 minutes. And, uh, you know, then Dwight and Cherry find him and they decide to burn the house down. Okay, before we get there, before we get there, Grace is often presented as being a very intelligent person. And yet she asks one of the dumbest questions. And there's a lot of dumb lines in this episode, but this is particularly dumb. Morgan's like... It's there's stuff over there and there's things over here and there's stuff up in the in the uh, upstairs and we should check on this. And Grace says, how do you know all this? Grace, um, you know why he's back here, right? He's been here. I mean, this is one of the it's one of those obvious dumb questions that only show up when someone is writing a script, because in the human in the human worlds where the humans are talking, <laughs> the question would be something like, oh, this is the house you were in, right? Not how do you know? It's like, oh God. How do you know all these things? It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Mm, just mm. Oh, so anyway, Dwight and Schwer Sherry show up and they're like, get out here, Morgan. And and he's like, no. And uh, they're like, okay, I guess we're gonna just let the walkers eat you. And Morgan's like, yeah, good luck. Uh, but then they take the rifle and go upstairs, and Morgan looks through it, and when he looks through it, he sees his dead wife Jenny, uh, almost exclusively. And it makes him have a little freaky bow, a freaky poo. Everything that wouldn't happen with Morgan, basically. He's he's beyond all of these things. Okay, okay. Now I am I am not against the idea of reminding us that Morgan has mental issues because we were presented with Morgan as someone who is struggling with his sanity from the beginning. And 
having this trauma come back is on one hand fine to a point it's how far they take it and how far they keep going with it and how far they drag the episode out with and he raises the scope and it's her again and he lowers the scope and he raises the scope and it's her and he raises especially later after we reveal that jenny has somehow been killed or unwalkered did it she she died again the walker jenny is no is has ceased to be so he said that he he said that he was finally able to shoot her after she bit Dwayne. no so i thought he didn't know no no he knew that he shot her but he just left her there i mean and Dwayne. that's another thing when he's telling the story like how dead exactly was Dwayne? When dad went running out of the house. I mean, they do a good job in the show to show that like later that it's, it looks like his cranium and neck area is what was was munched on. But, you know, for a second there, I was like, I mean, with, did Dwayne, Dwayne just get caught in the arm? Like, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. So he says the memory, the memory of how he describes it versus what we see actually happen. Because Morgan's memory is real fractured here. Yeah, because he just he says that he ran away after Dwayne got bit and he just left him. But later in the episode, we realized that's not what happened. That's just what he remembered happened. He was blocking out the rest. The problem is yeah. that The Walking Dead is really not a great universe to be having real conversations about the effects of of post-traumatic stress. It's it's really not the environment. I mean, we were surprised how well they dealt with of course, they've you know wiped it all away now. But how well they dealt with with Daniel's apparent dementia, right? Because that was surprisingly tactful for this show. Um, but here it's just like ah, fuck it, no. <laughs> so they decide that the only way because Dwight and Sherry decide to set some walkers on fire and send them towards the house. So the only way that they're going to get out is to have to fight their way through the horde of walkers. Grace and and Morgan, that is, they're going to leave poor Mo at the house. Stay in the house, Mo. <laughs> oh, before that, Grace tenderly uh, and tearfully informs Morgan that she uh, has re- has developed the cancer that she's been worried about for her whole life since being stuck in the radiation fields for so long. It's finally caught up with her. She's got cancer, and she has she has mere months to live in that sweaty, what did, dewy, what... cancer state. What did she uh, do? What did she say she did? She said she found a hospital and did a scan. Yes. Like, you can just go do that. Like, those controls aren't kept in a totally separate room. And the <laughs> hospitals have all had no power for decades, a decade now. And hospitals would be have been shown to be notoriously full of dead people. Oh, my God. Well, so she just like bopped in and she was like, hey, guys, I need to do a, just a quick scanny poo. Well, and, and think about uh, it. If, if Padre had its own functioning hospital, then they would be the, one of the most popular places around. Right. I mean, that would be like an incredible draw for survivors is that, oh, these people have a functioning hospital. I am here to be whatever you want me to be because I could get potential health care in the apocalypse. But that's not what happens here. No, no. But, you know, Padre magic is medicine. Our medicine is magic. So anyway, um, so they try and fight their way through. But of course, Mogat Morgan has a crazy moment and that leads to them being captured uh, by Dwight and Sherry and the two guards. 
Uh, the same two guards. I swear to God, these are the same two guards we have we have seen, um, and we will see them again later because they just respawn once they get right. killed, and that's why the, that's why they only need two guards is because they keep respawning. And they I love how they're all wrapped up like it's the desert. <laughs> I love that. That is my favorite thing about the two guards. So we don't realize that it's just four guys, like two yeah, men they, and two women, that they just switch out. They've got, uh, yeah, yeah. They their day player budget was they had to multi use some people. Oh, and right. to do that, they gave them those Afghan Afghani scar uh, military scarves that are so all the rage today. Hey, these guys got dialogue though. They actually got paid speaking rates. So kudos for them. On so, top of being a walker in a subsequent scene, Morgan. Okay, this is so dumb. Morgan tells them that the reason because because shrike thinks that morgan is here to get some weapons and if he were smart he would be like well yes in fact i know where there is a sheriff station and i happen to know where the keys are but he don't do that no. uh instead he tells him the truth <laughs> that he's there to to put his son out of his uh undead misery and literally everybody is like looks at each other like are you fucking kidding me are you what and uh, Shrike's on the radio, and she's like, I, "Tell him to bring him there so we can see. And if he's if he's there, I'll believe it." So they go back to the house from the beginning of the episode, and they go inside. And Morgan has another one of his freakouts because he can't open the door to the room that Dwayne is in. But uh, Dwight is there to be like, okay, buddy, let's do this together. And Sherry's like, can we just kill him? But nobody wants to do that. And Mo slash Ren is not there. She's at the house. So finally they open the door and what is inside is a tiny white lady, not a tiny black child. And uh, Morgan kills him and she, then he's like, where is he? Where is he? Must have gotten away. And uh, then he's like, I have failed as a father again because I should have decided to leave earlier. <laughs> then the two guards are like, he's obviously lying. And Dwight and Sherry are like, have you never seen an adult have a make a scene before? Wow. So the, one of the guards is like, all right, I guess we're just going to kill you if you don't tell us where things are. And Morgan's like, do it. I'm ready. Uh, and then Dwight and Sherry are like, okay, I guess we have to betray Padre again. <laughs> and and they, not, they kill the two guards. Don't worry. The guards will be back. They get on the radio with Shrike, Dwight and Sherry do. And they're like, hi, uh, we think we're going to betray you. Uh, where is our son? <laughs> This is where it happens, and I'm like, yes, perfect. The camera, every once in a while, it through the, out, throughout the episode, it's shown Shrike, and she's standing at this table with one of those microphones, old-timey ones, the Padre microphone. Pub public address microphone that you might right. see in a school or something. Right. And that's alone on a table, and she's in a, like a beige, uh, like an olive, olive beige room, right? So that, that's happened like two or three times in the episode. You've seen her in that room. And so when Dwight and Sherry are like, we want to speak to our son, Ren, uh, the pans over. And there he is. He's just sitting there in the room, which means, as I said earlier, that he has been there the whole time. He's heard all of this. 
He has sat in that room with that crazy woman, and you know, you know that she just stood there and stared at that microphone until it was time to talk into it. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. This makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> it is the dumbest damn thing. Leaving aside the fact that no matter how far away any of these places are from each other, not a they could not talk to them each other on the radio. They just can't. But that's okay. Walkie talkies. Yeah, the walkie talkie. That's not how no, that's not how any of this works. But that was just pure, that was just pure genius. You know, someone writing that script wrote that scene and they looked at it and they went, they're not going to let me do this and turned <laughs> and, and then they did. And that, that writer is sitting there going, Holy shit. I can. And then anything. everybody on crew was in on the joke because that pan over to that kid. Oh, so good. Anyway. So, so Ren gets up to talk to his parents and Dwight's like, hey, a little boy, little seven-year-old boy, do you remember that thing I taught you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, do it right now. And so Red busts out like a John Wick-style move on Shrike that leaves her unconscious. She like punches her and kicks her in a certain like double- He grabs like, the chair and sweeps her legs out from underneath her knocking her out as her head hits the ground now folks a couple of things no also no Let, let's take a moment here to consider something though because because this is a child who is uh been bit by a walker L lest we forget he's responding well to treatment He's responding well to the radiation treatment that he is given. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the child who has been bitten by a walker, who is responding well to the radiation treatment, and they are going to take the child away from the radiation treatment. And um, shut your mouth. Um, shut your mouth. Profit? Because, because, because what they say next is they say, Ren, there's a there's a boat that is going to the mainland for plot purposes. Get on that boat and we'll meet you at the mainland, meaning they are close enough to ride and the day not even change to get to yeah. where the boat will will be. I can't with this, but at the same time, I love it. You know how they can do it because they're still in the room with the two dead guards and they haven't respawned back at Padre yet. So, right. so, so that's, how, that's how Ren can escape from the from this location where he's being where this radio is through any other guards because there are no other guards because they haven't respond yet and then he can make it to the boat where they haven't respond yet so he can sneak onto the boat and hide himself in a boat that has no hiding places because we see the inside of the boat and there is nowhere for this kid to hide. He brought a blanket. <laughs> he brought a, a beach towel with a smiley face on it. Hey, hey, Bob, what is it, Dave? Do you see that that blanket with like the human boy shape underneath it? Should we should we look at that? This nah, is, never mind. I think I mentioned this an episode or two ago. I think bears repeating. Um, anything exciting that happens in the show happens over there. While we're over here, 
listening to people talk about stuff and while something interesting to watch is happening over there. Is there anything that would be too hard for you to explain how it happened? How a seven-year-old escaped from a military facility, hit on a boat, and then escaped that boat to meet his parents, who he's only met. Well, no. He it, has okay, a okay. Let's, let's role play a little bit. You be a continuity uh, expert on the set, and I will be the writer. Now, ask your question. Hey, um, hey, Curtis? Fuck you! <laughs> So, like, okay, so when he opens the door, he's knocked out Shrike, and he opens the door. Aren't Wouldn't there be guards there? No, of course there wouldn't be guards. I didn't write any guards. <laughs> what about- Why are you even questioning my writing? I went to Juilliard for dance, and now I'm a writer. <laughs> oh, I love it. Then, then he starts crying. The the episode. <laughs> Padre successfully uh, betrayed for hopefully the final time. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, you sweet summer child. Yeah. Dwight and Sherry are just like, well, this was fun. Uh, have a great, you know, Morgan. Dwight literally walks up to Morgan and he's like, hey, I know you're in a rough time and I really hope that it works <laughs> out. Well, see ya. And like walks away. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry does not even go up and say goodbye because Sherry fucking hates these people. Every time that they show up, she has to do something crazy, betray a trust, run away, you know. So Dwight and Sherry run off to go get their son and leave Grace and Morgan to go get Mo, but. But Grace is too too weak from the cancer, from the television cancer, to uh, go get him or go help help get uh, Ren slash Mo. And so Morgan has to go do it by himself. Luckily, the house has caught on fire. Yes. Now, luckily, now Mo delays based on the on the amount of fire that the house is on when we get back to the house. Mo has sat inside the house with it burning and not mentioning it to anybody. She didn't want to be a bother. Yeah, she didn't feel like being a pest. And, you know, she just got her parents back and she doesn't want them to think, God, this kid. But the house is kind of already a lot on fire. And of course, to escape the fire, she goes upstairs to the attic. Well, that's because dad, Morgan tells her go upstairs to the attic which is a curious thing to do unless you want to put your current child in the path of your previous child but he doesn't remember that that was crazy morgan who did that okay but it's the only explanation that makes sense folks you do not run up to the attic when the building you are in is on fire yes so hot air has been known to do this thing called rise and flames actually like to go up. Fuck are you explaining fire to me right now? Because <laughs> someone needed to explain fire and houses and, and you, stop, you, st- you stop, drop, and roll. You get on your belly and you crawl the fuck out. So okay, all right. So hang on, stop. Um, then you administer they, CPR. They, she gets the attic and she finds Dwayne. Dwayne is chained up in the attic. He's been there the whole time. Crazy Morgan got went and got him and chained him in the attic. And this is something you would know 
if you had read the comics because they do essentially this ex- the same plot line in the comics where Morgan goes back to uh, put Dwayne out of his undead misery uh, and he's chained up somewhere. Uh, and instead of doing that, he breaks the chain and allows his Walker son to go out into the world. Uh, so, you know, uh, anyway, um, Ren's like, you must be Dwayne. And and <laughs> the building starts to collapse because remember, it's on fire. Yes. Okay. But there are no flames or smoke in the attic. It's a convenient fire. That's why the attic is the safest place to be in a house. I fire. guess. And then part of the ceiling collapses for no actual apparent reason. It just, it falls. These, these motherfuckers, dude. These motherfuckers, they're just fucking being wizards. <laughs> being wizards behind the oh. little time. And, and by the way, this is another one of those episodes where it's like, fuck the guys who wrote the last one. We're going to do what we want. <laughs> and, and the story just, what? It's, I it's don't. so bad. I because I, I, I loved every dumb element. I loved everything that happened in this episode because it was so classic. Like I of the things I hate. It had Dwight and Sherry. It had no you go, no, you can't go, I'll go. It had uh a kid putting himself in ridiculous peril for no yeah, reason. Yep, yep. So so Morgan gets to the attic and he sees Mo about to be attacked by Dwayne. And he's like, I can't do it. Oh, oh, wait. First, first he's outside the house and he tries to shoot walkers with the rifle and he keeps seeing Jenny and he's about to be overwhelmed when he's like, they're not you and is able to kill them. And so then he gets up to the attic and he sees Dwayne about to nom on his new daughter. And he's just like so conflicted about doing it. And, and Ren is sitting there like, you can do it, do it. <laughs> I half expect, so he just shoots, and he shoots uh, Dwayne, and he goes down, poor little angel, R.I.P. Dwayne, uh, 10, 12 years ago. And, <laughs> and so he crawls over there, and I half expected for Ren to just like take her foot out from underneath the thing and be like, I need to do it. I, I would have I would have died if that were ha- would have happened, but it didn't. Um, but they sit there for a second and like have a father daughter moment, and then he's like, "I guess we should get out of here. The house is on fire." And she's like, "Yeah, I guess. I mean, this, the roof is collapsing." So actually, it is. It does actually take Dwight and Sherry at least through the night to get there because the previous scene took place at night, and now it is day. It is morning apparently. And we get the lovely scene of two people watching another person bury two bodies. (laughs) And I must remind you once again, folks, I don't care even if you are just looking, and this is like super flat ground. I didn't imagine, I didn't, I thought he was like putting on the burned wreckage of the house. I didn't think he was burying nobody. Um, Maybe, but I mean, it's, it's sort of implication is he's got two crosses there and Maybe he just got him and put him out. Like maybe that, that maybe makes... he went and got Jenny because the house Jenny was in didn't burn down. But, you know, Dwayne's he's, house or, yeah, he's burned, talking burned to them. Them. Like, yeah. you know, this is like, I'll be back and it won't take me 10 years. It's like, why are you coming back? They're dead. 
just move on with your life, work with the living. But no. So he's looking at this. And all I can think is it takes time to dig a grave people it's even if you're just going to put like a thin layer of dirt on top of them digging a human-sized hole even a foot deep takes a while i wonder how many times in the 300 plus episodes of this show we've done you have bemoaned the fact that it takes a long time to build to, uh, to dig a many, grave many times because every time they do this scene it's like dude that was like six hours worth of work you just glossed over and you look bone dry and nothing's a must and there you don't have dirt underneath your fingernails and you haven't got three splinters in your hand it's like anyway anyway they send Ren. They're like, babe, go wander around the the uh, burned out wreckage of this house real quick. For if, a while. You, if you speak The Walking Dead, you know that this is not going to go well. For yeah, him. no way. No way. Mom and dad need to have a conversation. Why don't you go and like sift through some smoldering rubble for it a was, minute? It was the it was the leaving the glass on the edge of the table thing. We're, yeah. we're all trying to pay attention to Morgan and Grace as they have this important conversation, but we're all distracted by the girl who's going to wander into a pit of misery. Yes. <laughs> which, like, which they telegraph not only just by having her like in the background occasionally as they have this conversation, because she's dressed in orange, so she stands out. But the fact that we've spent a significant chunk of this episode having our characters threatened by walkers and yet we've had this scene go on for i don't know two or three hours now where there are no walkers at all we've just had a building burned down which makes noise and has light and all the things that draws walkers to it but there are no walkers but, so, see, but this i feel like is is symptomatic for of one of the problems of the walking dead universe and that is there aren't a lot of walkers left in this town there are very, very few, maybe 65 or 70. I would think that this town would have already been retaken over by people. When Morgan showed up 12 years after the apocalypse, he should have found a settlement there. Oh, yeah. This this place is, even though the in terms of set dressing, this actually looks like a place that has been abandoned for a while. It's really mm. good design, folks. I, I'm there's there's a credit I will give them for this episode is that this doesn't look like the usual abandoned location that the Walking Dead universe shows us. This looks like a city street of a town with abandoned buildings that have just been, that time has done damage to. But yes, this should have been this should have been a place that, that people would have moved back into. Morgan and Grace are having this conversation about how the cancer, TV cancer is going to kill her beautifully in like three months. And, and so we need to spend all the time we can, all the time we have left together. And meanwhile, Ren's wandering around the background. And then she finds a photo album of Morgan's old family with, uh, with pictures in it. And she's like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to sit right here on this torched rebel and flip through these burned out pictures. And I clicked on to say to that because we're all in separate places we watch these episodes by zoom and i clicked on to say that little chick dude little bitch just sat down in the rubble and a walker burst burst from the ground in a way that i can only say is return of the living dead-esque yeah. <laughs> and grabbed onto her and there they have to fight the walker off it and i and I like 
to how to jump scare. It was so good. Because well, it was just like, yeah. how? How did this walker... How is it? Was it in the house? Yeah, it, where, we didn't get a moment where, oh, that's that guy that no. earlier. We didn't get no. that moment because it was, it was fucking a writer sitting in a room going, well, this conversation's boring as shit. And then, pow, insert zombie. Well, he went, so, down, he went down the list. He's like, can I do... Can I do a teleporting walker? No, no, no. You have to have it come from underground. We haven't used a spring-loaded walker in a while. No, that's great. Okay, let's use use one of those spring-loaded walkers. How strong was this dude to burst from the under the rubble to grab it at Ren's tender young flesh? And I have no idea. Didn't move or make a noise throughout any of the other things going on. Just lie there and wait until someone came along and sat down. (laughs) <laughs> it's like a hermit crab that way. <laughs> so so Grace and Morgan go and they fend the walker off. And but then they have this really cute moment where it's like, oh, the walker must have been sprayed by uh, earlier. Morgan had to kill some walkers who were that were eating a skunk. And so he's been there's been a running joke throughout the entire episode that he stinks, which was not one of my favorite parts of the episode, so I skipped it. Ren's like, maybe this walker was sprayed by a skunk too and they're like laughing and grace turns around and she's like no it bit me right on the stomach and it's like what you've already got tv cancer grace you don't need a walker bite as well well the good news is is that now the lady who is dying from radiation poisoning can go get some more radiation poisoning right right and so they they rush they rush there to the tra- trailer or to the to the docks where Dwight and Sherry are waiting for Finch to get off the boat. And he already did get off the boat somehow. And they Magic. almost shoot him in his dumb face. You can tell that he is Dwight and Sherry's son because he is the dumbest. He is like what that character's kid like would be like in real life. He would be the kid like when you got him to look up from his phone, he'd be like, what? Uh, dinner time, okay. <laughs> and Morgan and and Bo were like, we have to get we have to get Grace to June because she can cure this bite. And it's like, no, she fucking can't. It has been too late for hours now, hours now. But it sets up the whole next episode, which is going to be a bunch of bullshit running through the woods. Well, and I'm looking at this preview for this episode, and I'm thinking to myself, I will be actually surprised if they don't kill grace off by the end of the episode get ready for her to be completely cured by the addition of radiation i mean that's what's probably gonna happen but yeah, it's gonna kill the, the it's like fighting fire with fire don't you know that you build a fire break to stop the fire so if you got cancer from radiation what you need is more radiation to kill the cancer uh-huh. Important. Look, if she just this she show just, is ridiculous. She just needs to have another baby with Morgan. <laughs> yes, because the cure is amniotic fluids, baby juices. All I can say is, I hope I hope these guys do not survive the writer's strike. I hope that they have to. Get oh, they're it. done. This is a, the writer's strike is in in the real world. The writer's strike is going on, but all of these episodes were written and done this show is shot it is complete it is yes that's true that's true but the guys who wrote it shouldn't work again 
I, I we've talked about this before. I am almost 100% convinced that the writers are sitting there and they have got the mandate from the showrunner about what's got to happen and how many episodes of padding we have to have before we write our two episode finale. And the writers are sitting there going, fuck it, I'm getting paid. Is Michelle Stallworth still the main showrunner on this? I don't know. I don't she think wrote, so. She's fucked up so many episodes, dude. I don't know if she's still with them or not. But it's it feels like it because everything still sucks. And they think that we don't fucking know anything about the world. And they try to throw things like, yeah, yeah. After uh, after there's been no electricity for decade, you can still get a scan. Oh, and, 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 you know, there's books nearby so you can figure out what the fuck you're looking at. They are making a fairly safe assumption, though, that there are not that many people like us who are out here going, damn it. How many times do I have to tell you gas doesn't last that long? I mean, come on. You know, we're, we're nitpicky little bastards. Yeah, we are. I mean, that's our part of our charm, but yeah, that's, you know, Doug, you know what I love? I thought about this, this episode, uh, they spent an entire season, uh, showing us how difficult and gross and dangerous it was to make gasoline because every time we would go to, to diesel town where lucia was running the refinery it was disgusting but now that they've shown that it's possible they don't have to worry about gas anymore right. like grace yeah. could drive that in, in that truck you're just like no somewhere there's a diesel town maybe that's what we're gonna find out lucia's running diesel town somewhere yeah and then the guys from bullet town they can yeah. join the chase <laughs> <laughs> you have so to have dumb. all these specialized town and town. antibiotic town and oh you should go to french food town dude sprinkle caves <laughs> shampoo town and hair hair gel town and sprinkle caves i love it <laughs> oh, um uh, uh beard trimming town yeah that's true yeah there's that too yeah yeah i mean okay look it's it is fear the walking dead and it's been a mess for a long long time Here's my here's my weekly message to what where do they do this in Los Angeles? They no, shoot it in, they shoot it in Atlanta. Where is the pre-production done? Oh, it's in Atlanta. There, there should there should yeah, their their whole production operations in Georgia. In Atlanta in Georgia. Okay. Yeah, well, they, um, they moved it there from Texas after shooting the last few years of Fear of the Walking Dead in Texas. Okay, here's my message. Stop it. <laughs> You guys are better than this. I know you can do it. You need to take the bullshit that you've created and just try to weasel your way out of it so you can do something smart and interesting and maybe watch a fucking episode of, I don't know, Tulsa King. That shit's awesome. And it's not any, it's not hard. They have got, they just make big dramatic choices that aren't always based on the presence of a fucking zombie. They have got uh, a mere eight more episodes in this season. And we are coming up on our break here, I think, uh, at the, at, uh, after episode six. Mm -hmm. uh, because then we dive into Walking Dead, Dead City, mm. which I, 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 I... It better be fucking brilliant. I want it to be good because I like the two characters and I kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued how they handle New York and, and did yet... you see the, did you see the uh, trailer? 
Yeah. I'm I'm real interested in how they kept those suits so clean. Like they're what? Like what? There is a there is a, uh, a segment of the population who believe that cleaning things only makes it worse. If you just let something accumulate all of the filth, it will just live in that natural state and, and it'll be like an ecosystem. Doesn't smell bad, doesn't smell good, but it does support life. <laughs> we have talked before about how the sense of smell that everybody has has completely been deadened i got the smell blindness post-apocalyptic world because everybody and stinks corpses are everywhere and they're moving around and i've been to new york city folks and if there is one thing that you notice when you're on manhattan island is this strange smell it smells a little bit like pee it's everywhere and you get used to it really really quick but all i can think is that New York City, the melting pot of the world, all those different cuisines rotting and millions of dead people and New York City. And all I can think is that is like- They're the all used to it. Planet. Like all the New Yorkers were just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And I and and then there was a a, seg, a a shot of like a goop zombie that had like all sorts of arms. So yeah, there's like there's like they're they're sewing zombies together into weird configurations. Which, quite frankly, I'm like, awesome. Let's do something new. Yeah, because that sounds like fun. We've got tool using zombies now. Oh, though I will say this: the one of the interesting things about this episode is that when you go back to the first time we saw Morgan's wife as a zombie she was trying to open the door to the house. So the, the fact that they brought back tool-using zombies, between this and the little girl uh, who Rick encountered, we've already seen these variant zombies at the very beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. So they're actually just looping back around to something that we saw at the beginning. So that's that I, I will give them that. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Dead City, mostly because I... You know, I'm curious how they handle it, but also because I like, you know, these two characters sniping at each other. They have to win me back. They're oh, yes. Really going to have to make a spectacular first episode. Oh, come on, Curtis. You know that if we hate it, we're just going to do what we've been doing for Fear of the Walking Dead, finding all the glorious stupid and sharing it with the people. I, I will say, though, that I love this episode. It was a tour de force of of just buck wild the writers were just like yes whatever when, when they said what do we do what about this the the person who was running that episode was like yes let's pencil it in you know they write by dartboard on this show you know they have to they do they get high as fuck and and then they then they pull shit out of a hat they start with the hat then they move to the dartboard then they got a little spinning thing where <laughs> and then they and somebody was like they spun the, the thing and they were like oh grace is cancer coming grace back? has cancer okay what? how do we explain it say she got a scan perfect <laughs> <laughs> i loved it it was so bad it it gives me joy that you that you loved it because it helps me with my perspective and self-hatred look look folks we part of part of the joy in, in watching this sort of stuff is that 
we don't have any illusions that this show is any good. I don't have any fucking joy. We're not we're not trying, <laughs> we're not trying to convince ourselves or convince you that Fear of the Walking Dead is any good. We're just trying to find little glimmers of hope in this ongoing and if you want to see us like this show, I mean, maybe AMC could pay us to do it. No, we'll not enough episodes left. Then we'll just love the fucking balls off of it. Will we? Will we, though? Yeah, we'll, we'll be singing the praises of every child actor that they fucking swindle into doing this. Are you implying that we're for sale, Curtis? Because I'm, I'm fucking. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, for I'm oh, absolutely. I, very yeah. much for sale. Yeah. I was fantasizing today about how great it would be if somebody with money found this podcast and decided they wanted to like do something with it. I would sell out. We'd sell out so hard, so fast. Now, folks, if you want to help us sell out, if you want to be part of our complete abandonment of any remaining principles or hope that we might have had, we have a Patreon account. Um, you can find us on Zompocalypse Now on Patreon. And um, yeah, you can help out. Um Obviously, we're doing this because we're laboring under a curse. We've had this discussion before, but we do it because we like hanging out with each other and and abusing each other, clearly, uh, by making us watch these shows. But we have a good time. We hope that you do as well. Uh, check out the Patreon. If you, you want to help out, that's great. Leave us a review. Um, you know, reviews are always helpful. You've heard this spiel from every podcast since podcasts have begun, but they do help. Um, so let us know what you think of the show. Get in touch. Like, comment, and subscribe. All you those guys. Um, yeah. And check out our sponsor, the Outbreak Challenge. We'll do this again in the adventures of dumb people doing dumb things. Um, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And as always, folks, we do thank you for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.